0: I just had a fabulous listener email me and she said, Sarah, does Nutrafol work for men too? Woo-hoo! Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby. And Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway carawayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Incredibly special guest today yeah. on The Sarah Frazier Show. You know Chris Hansen uh-huh. famously from NBC's To Catch a Predator, the show that caught men across the country sadly trying to solicit sex most times from underage children. Chris is on the show today. He has a brand new true crime show he wants to tell you about. And, of course, we talk about his huge rise as a famous TV personality why To Catch a Predator ended, um, and how he's handled the criticism over the years of people saying lots of times you are baiting men who maybe aren't even full-blown predators. Plus, we got to get into a little internet gossip. Chris Hansen and Theo Vaughn famously beefed, so where do they stand now? Here is Chris Hansen. Huge moment here on The Sarah Fraser Show because short of bringing back Robert Stack from the grave and interviewing him from <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries... Chris Hansen from To Tic- Catch legendary from To Catch a Predator is here on the Sarah Fraser Show. Hi, Chris.
2: Sarah, how are you?
0: Chris, did you ever get to meet um Robert? It wasn't I said, I think I said Richard, but Robert Stack. Did you ever get to meet him?
2: I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but what a great long career he had. And, and really, the the unsolved mysteries franchise was something that endured for so long and and that and uh you know the work that John Walsh has done. I know John pretty well and and, and, uh, admirer and, and, but those guys really in terms of crowdsourcing uh, solutions to crimes. I mean, that that's really where it kind of started, you know,
0: it did. And then, I mean, you're right up there with those names because to catch a predator was such a, I mean, Oh my God, like a groundbreaking show and then meteoric rise. I mean, it was huge. Well,
2: I think it, it, it shows that enterprise reporting, you know, the fact that we're actually able to, and we still do, uh, the predator investigations, uh, now, and they're more, you know, compelling than ever on true blue, my new streaming crime network. Uh, it, it shows that when you take people inside the commission of a felony, you know, they see things they wouldn't normally see. They, they hear things they wouldn't normally hear it. It's, it's it's compelling. It's important, and it creates a dialogue and an awareness that I've never seen before. And and it really does come down to how you protect your kids, because that's the first line of defense. And I think when people are actively engaged in in this sort of a, a, a storytelling method, whether it's about the you know child predators and takedown or some of the many other documentaries we have, it it creates the ability to see inside the mind of a predator, maybe understand it if that's possible. And if you hear the voice of a victim, you can prevent other people from becoming victims, I think, Sarah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to talk about I mean, well, we're, we're going to talk all about your new show, but I, I'm so curious, you know, with To Catch a Predator, your lead, Your famous line was take a seat, which I'm, <laughs> I'm always curious how you came up. I mean, I, if people walked in, I would have been like, you fucking pervert, and I would have punched him in the no. face, but you chose take a seat. How did – I mean, was that like – how did that line even come to be? And I'm sure when you're out, people probably go, oh, my God, Chris. All the time, yeah. All the time. We got
2: um, It was spontaneous, to be honest with you. It wasn't planned. It was really, you know, remember in the beginning, the very first investigation, which was in Long Island, Bethpage, Long Island, we didn't collaborate with law enforcement. So it was our team. It was perverted justice, the online watchdog group. We had a security uh, person there from NBC, Ron Knight, who has been my security guy for many years now. And, we we're trying to figure this out as it went along and so in in, in order to uh, to do two things one to maintain some sort of control over the situation and two to get the guy in a spot where he would be in the camera frame it was important to get him to have a seat i need you to have a seat right over there and and so it began out of necessity and a spontaneous utterance i suppose But it became that signature line along with, you know, at the end of it, you know, there's something you need to know. I'm Chris Hansen. And, you know, I guess when you can have a franchise where you get to say your name, you know, 12 to 28 times in one hour of television, it starts to catch on at some point, you know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, one of the most famous TV lines. Um, I want to go back because your career and story is amazing. You grew up in Michigan. I, I told you before we started, you know, I love a Michigan man. My husband's a West Bloomfield guy. Absolutely, yeah. You, you grew up there. You went to Michigan State. My husband went to Michigan State. You know, I, I, so now I'm like, uh, I'm totally invested in Michigan. Arden's Will. <laughs> so Arden's Will. And, um, you know, you started in radio. Uh, then you went to local television. And I mean, by the way, because I started at CBS Radio in D.C., right? I mean, did you ever think one of the most successful aspects of your career now in 2023 is a podcast? Like, I mean, did we ever think we'd be podcasting?
2: Well, not only, you know, when I started, there were obviously no such thing, but I remember taking, you know, computer science classes at Michigan State University and wondering how this could possibly ever relate to my chosen field as a journalist. You know, we had typewriters up until 19... 88 you know in detroit when we had our first computers in in the newsroom and now you know my second son's a reporter down in orlando for one of the tv stations there fox 35 and and it's you know so digital now from the from his early days you know everything was done on a laptop he shot it he edited it, he fed it in he turned the camera the other way and did the live shot i mean i started with tapes that big you know, three quarter inch videotapes and and the, you know, the whole industry has changed so much. And and I've been very fortunate to, you know, change and evolve with it and adapt to, you know, everything that's been going on, but we're so digitally centered now, obviously, for all the reasons we know, it's been fascinating to see it from 1981 until today. You
0: know? Well, I think you've done an amazing job of of changing with the times. You know, I I, st- I was telling you, I still work for Fox 5 DC, and I think lots of times I see journalists, it's hard for them to grasp kind of the new era of like, I mean, you're on TikTok, right? You, you get yeah. hundreds of thousands of views on your TikTok. Your YouTube's enormous. The True Blue Show, your podcast, where you break down basically your your original segments on to catch a predator and kind of give inside info. I mean, I think you've done a great job adapting. Was that hard for you to do, or like no, you just?
2: I, I'm naturally curious, and you know, all these things are a part of staying curious and in evolving with an ever changing, you know, media dynamic that we have you know and so to me it's 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 fascinating it it, it you know every day is a, is a new challenge and you know one of the great things about streaming and having your own streaming network is that we can move these projects so much quicker from conception to you know content you know I've been the benefit of having been able to produce and executive produce and be talented in a number of documentaries for discovery and discovery plus and and it's marvelous it's wonderful wonderful to work there and and produce these things but the time it takes from start to finish uh, the bureaucracy of it all we don't have that in in my stream world in, yeah. in, at true blue i i come up with something somebody comes to me with the story it's can be done in a matter of weeks not a matter of you know years and so it's it's been liberating in some ways to be able to do this to be able to do not only the predator franchise but all these other um, documentaries that we have coming um you know in this more efficient way uh, in a in a creative you know quality content way but getting it to the consumers as quickly as possible and yeah. it's 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 been a hit you know
0: i yeah i mean i, I think it's impressive how you've how you've adapted i mean you know, NBC, because you worked for NBC for 20 years. Obviously, To Catch a Predator was, you know, a huge show. And NBC is sort of notorious for, like, handpicking people and making them stars. I mean, when you started at NBC, were you like the guy? Did you kind of always know that they were going to make you not, into something? Not or?
2: Necessarily. I mean, they, look, they, they're invested in you at the network, uh, just like any other operation. If if they're going to hire you, they, they want to see you do well. And um, but when I went to NBC in 1993 from Detroit as a local reporter, I, you know, I went from doing two minute stories and, and live shots, although investigative and enterprise reporting to the news magazine world. And the, the pacing is different and the writing is different and and the, um, you know, tracking, the narration is different. And, and I was very blessed to have. You know, people like Jeff Zucker, who is the executive producer of Now, and, and Beth O'Connell and Paul Greenberg, and these people who had been at the network for some time, young and senior, to stand in the tracking booth with me and say, No, 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 this is how we do it. This is how we tell a story. And wow. that's not necessarily top echelon management. I mean, I think they were always, you know, with me and always had my back on these things, but it was the, you know, the people who were in charge of that show who said, We're going to make him make it. You know, and and all those people played a a very important role in in my development as as a journalist who could, you know, tell a story in a news magazine format. And when I started, the show was now with Tom Brokaw and Katie Couric. And I was one of the five or six correspondents for that show. And that eventually merged into Dateline. And and in, in, in those days, Dateline was more of a you know general news show. We had features, we had investigative things, we had, you know, question of the week. We had, you know, dateline, timeline, and it was, it was a different show. Now it's a murder procedural and those are great, but it didn't really give me the opportunity to do the kinds of enterprise digging stories that that I like to do. And so, you know, um, you know, I've gone on to do different things, but I couldn't be doing what I am doing today without the platform given to me by NBC and and Discovery and other networks that allowed me to do this for so many years. And it was a a pleasure to be there.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. I mean, what a, you know, obviously you put the work in, but huge launching pad. What – you know, To Catch a Predator had a couple of different names and iterations before it became To Catch a Predator. So by the time it got to To Catch a Predator, was it already a hit or was there a moment where you where you and you look around at your producers and you're like, oh, holy shit, this is like, like the ratings are popping. We're, this is like enormous.
2: The working title of it was, you know, just Computer Predators, you know, and, and when I learned of the the online watchdog group perverted justice. I started to think that if we could get them to, you know, go into chat rooms as they do uh, and pose as kids, which they were already doing, they would post the identities on their website. If a guy (coughs) made it to, to meet a child for sex, I thought if we could use that and combine it with our ability to wire a house with, you know, hidden cameras and microphones, it could be compelling. And so I pitched it to Dateline as a segment on Dateline, not as its own series. And so we rolled it out and, you know, Almost twenty years ago, nineteen years ago now, uh, as to catch a predator, and we did that that investigation in Page, Long Island, and seventeen guys showed up in two and a half days, including um, a New York City firefighter who surfaced. And and you know, we it took a minute to get our arms around it, uh, both as you know journalists and producers, and and as a network, we knew what we had was powerful. Uh, it had never been seen before. But, you know, we wrestled for some time for several months as to how this should be presented and, you know, in what format. And and it aired as a two-part special on Dateline and it had a lot of impact and it got a lot of response. And so we went out to do it again in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. in Herndon, Virginia. And, you know, more guys showed up. We had a rabbi. We had a guy who walked in naked. We had a, a teacher. We had a uh, military officer, it, you know, it was just crazy, and, and but these guys were leaving, and they'd be free. And and while law enforcement made some cases against them after the fact, you know, we decided fairly early on that we needed to collaborate with law enforcement uh, to be, you know, to have some social justice to it, to have some social responsibility to it, and and from a very practical standpoint. We needed to have some resolution to the story as television producers, because it was unfulfilling to see these guys just walk off after this intense confrontation, after having tried to meet a child to to assault that child.
0: Okay, quick pause to thank our amazing sponsors. Appointment. How about getting up to five hours of your life back when you sign up for Hungry Root meal prep and delivery service? I'm obsessed. I have t- I've tried a lot of meal prep boxes. This is one of my favorites. In fact, I actually emailed the client to see if I can get like a year's supply. <laughs> They're like, Sarah, use your own damn code. Anyway, right now I want you to go to hungryroot.com/tsfs because you are getting. Chris, obviously you've been doing this work for years. What do you think it is about your personality that allows you to do this and keep you sane? Like I I really admire I mean, I couldn't do it. Well, I mean it, mostly you know not. we're all we all have our things right but for the most part you've kept it together i mean you you've had a, right. a pretty amazing career but you you have to have something in your personality something added something missing to do it all this and what you do is a huge service but also a lot of people like myself like i couldn't now having a child and you have kids And I know, you know, with, with your second wife, you have even more family, but there's something about you that can keep doing this work and keep it together. Cause I could, there's no way I could.
2: I guess it's a sense of balance. It's a sense of purpose. It's a sense of mission. It's a recognition that as important as it is, as serious as it is, that there are unmistakably albeit dark, but humorous moments. And you need to, you need to include all that. Um, you need to be aware, you need to be sometimes a bit of a smart ass sometimes, you know, my Lord of the flies upbringing at Brother brotherize high school, or, you know, th- th- those things all play into it. You know, you, you, have to be a little rough and tumble. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to put it into perspective and, and not let the darkness overwhelm you. And to see that there is, you know, a lot of good in the world. And, uh, You know, you you just have to balance what you do and realize that it is important. And maybe, you know, I'm the guy who's supposed to be doing it. A lot of people are out there doing really great crime reporting. You know, you go to CrimeCon and you see all my colleagues in the field, Dan Abrams and and so many others. Um, And there are people on social media platforms like YouTube, citizen journalists who are doing great work um crowdsourcing the solution of crimes on podcasts and things like that so a lot of people are doing this i've just figured out a way i suppose to integrate my personality and and i suppose my wit and and my patience um and and the ability to be a good listener because i've done this so long um, and incorporate all that into a package that people seem to find interesting and and at some level entertaining
0: Oh, my God. All of the above. Had to be that Brother Rice. Um, Lord of the... (laughs) Had to be that. Those guys, you guys all kicking the shit out of each other worked. Um, You know, so, okay, To Catch a Predator obviously becomes this enormous show. Uh, Did you ever want to be famous? I mean, you became famous from this show. A lot of journalists hate becoming the story. I mean, everywhere you went, people know you. People still know you now. I mean, was that, like weird? Did you enjoy it? I mean, I don't, I enjoy any amount of things. I think it's something that
2: you you have to have a self-reckoning with, you know, and you you have to, you have to realize that it puts you in in a position of responsibility. You know, you you have to be aware when you're out in public that you are this figure and you have to act accordingly. And, And, you know, what is truly rewarding to me, Sarah, is that I cannot tell you how many occasions where somebody has come up to me and said, can I speak to you for a moment? And, and I say, of course. Yeah. And I get pulled aside to be told that that person was victimized in some way and that watching the shows and the, the old ones and the new ones have given them some sense of power and the ability to to say, oh, we got one of these guys. You know, it it, it helps them to cope with the, the the fact that they are a survivor of some sort of you know sexual misbehavior, sexual assault, and and I think it empowers people who've been in this situation. And we've got a documentary we're working on now, a big project called the Facebook Fiend, and a guy was on social media and he was meeting young women and he was choosing you know ones that he could make vulnerable, and not only was he Physically assaulting, he was sexually assaulting, and in some ways, robbing these women of money. And they came to me because of my social media presence. And we have turned this into a huge documentary where a guy is now facing criminal charges because of this. And this is the ultimate in grassroots, you know, reporting and relationship with you know between a content creator, a journalist, and as survivors. And there's more of this to come. We've got many, many other projects in the works where we have this relationship. And, you know, to to really expose people, predators of all types, who are, who are doing this sort of thing.
0: What What is the profile of a predator? What have you learned over the years? I mean, are they all like um, men of a certain age? For the most part, it's men. Although, I can't remember. Did you ever catch any women?
2: We never had a woman walk into one of our investigations. And-, and Therapists, uh, experts in the field, tell us that when it comes to female predators, Sarah, you're more likely to see the teacher-student scenario. The female predator yeah. doesn't like the anonymity; they like to know their their target. Whereas a male predator sort of gets off on the anonymity, uh, and and that's part of the the thrill for them. So we've never seen a woman. Who, a couple times, you know, guys have thrown out a scenario where. You know, I'm bringing my girlfriend, I'm bringing my wife. But as far as we can tell, it's always been a ruse. Nobody's ever showed up like that.
0: What, so is there a typical profile? I mean, is mostly the predator like a 30-year-old man? I, I mean, I'm assuming, too, you've probably learned. I, I'd imagine a lot of these men were probably abused in some way. Um, I don't I know. You- some of
2: that. I, I think they break down. And again, I'm not a therapist. But in my experience, coming face-to-face with hundreds of these guys over the years, I think they break down into three categories you've got the hardcore heavy hitter who is either wired this way or because of a childhood experience is this way and he'd be offending with or without the internet he's the bad little league coach he's the guy prowling the food court at the mall the movie theater anywhere there are children this guy will be there and try to exploit vulnerable kids you've got on the other side of the spectrum the younger group of predators 19 20 21 years old in their mind you know, they're thinking, well, it's wrong. It's illegal. But, you know, if it works out, you know, it's more of a Romeo Juliet situation. You know, she knows what she's getting into. She said it was OK, even though she's not old enough to give consent. And they justify it that way. They may be socially inept and they're they're acting out on the Internet. Illegal, wrong, bad. But a guy like that is more likely to be able to be treated with intensive therapy, punished and then potentially go on and not reoffend. And then there's this group, third group in the middle, professionals, doctors, clergymen, uh, law enforcement in some cases who are predisposed to a sexual attraction towards children. And they would probably not act on this except for the internet, the anonymity, the access, the addictive nature to it. And they, they get going in these conversations, they say things they wouldn't say face to face And suddenly they blur this line between fantasy and reality, and they're knocking on our door. And we've seen this. We had a case in Michigan where uh, we had a a police officer from a small town in in mid-Michigan show up. We had, in a recent investigation, a doctor show up. In Ohio, we had a a guy who was 70 years old who drove from Indiana because he wanted to meet a 13-year-old girl, have sex with her, and then watch her father have sex with her. And we watched this play out that The piece just went out on True Blue a few weeks ago Um, as he ogles the deputy posing as a 13 year old girl, the detective posing as the father. We see this play out in real time. And it's 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 incredible. I thought we do, you know, a handful of these investigations and no one would ever show up.
0: But I today, know how they continue to keep showing up is Well, it's it's because there are more platforms,
2: the demand obviously is there. These guys you know are wired this way for whatever combination of reasons and there are more social media platforms now than ever before. It's hard to even keep track of them where adults can approach children. When we started these investigations, we merely had decoys in chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo, but today it's a whole different landscape out
0: there okay quick pause to thank our amazing sponsors hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the
1: priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline Grey's Anatomy The most iconic binge-worthy drama is back Along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever On Hulu And new episodes next day Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu.
0: Over the years and and you continue, some of the criticism you get is like, well, you're baiting these guys. And like you said, some of them would never act on it. Do you feel like your work has done more good than bad over the years? Do you wrestle with the, um, you know, the guy that, that could be rehabilitated, but now we've outed his identity. So it's it. you know, he's always on the Internet. Like, how do you how do you take that criticism?
2: Very much at all. I, and and I, I don't think the criticism is valid. Uh, and I understand where it comes from and mostly from defense lawyers and guys who have been caught. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we had a guy in Ohio. Last week, week before, who. Got caught in our investigation. Interviewed by detectives released two weeks later in another county in Ohio is caught in a hotel room with a 14-year-old girl raping her and videotaping it. So you didn't stop him the first time being arrested, being questioned by me, because he went out two weeks later and did it. We had a guy in Ohio as well who, 54 years old, drove five hours from Chicago and admitted to me that he had met two other teenage girls with whom he had sex. He was wearing a necklace, a friendship necklace with a half a medallion. The girl was wearing the other half on a necklace, 15 years old, and he's got children. So if we're not out there exposing this, if law enforcement around the country isn't doing this kind of work, who's gonna do it? Yeah. It's not baiting. it's not entrapment. These guys are out there every day, regardless uh, of, of what we do. And, it, and apparently it's not a, uh, the deterrent. It should be to these guys because the drive to have this sexual encounter outweighs the threat of being caught. It's it's like gambling to these guys and, and they think, well, you know, Chris Hansen can't be in, you know, 50,000 towns all at the same time. Law enforcement can't be doing 50,000 stings all at the same time. Roll the dice. And sometimes they get caught.
0: What do you think the biggest thing parents can tell their kids? Like, do you think it's, you know, sitting them down and going, you know, if you're communicating with someone on the internet, regardless, like in a sexual conversation, this may not be someone that's 15. Do you think monitoring their phone? What, what's like the biggest thing parents can Fine. do?
2: The moment that a child has access to the internet, you need to have a conversation as a parent with that child. And it starts with, there are adults on the internet who like to trick kids. Kids don't like to be tricked. So it starts there and has to expand as the kid matures and have these age-appropriate conversations continue because... You know, when I was a kid, the rule was don't talk to strangers. Right, Good rule then, good rule today. The problem is online, the guy who's a stranger on Tuesday is so adept at grooming your child. He's not a stranger by Thursday, Friday, Saturday when the meeting is set up. And when I go back and do the podcast, Predators I've Caught, as you mentioned, Sarah, I I immerse myself in the transcripts, in the interviews, in the video of what happened. And I see an alarming consistency in the methods of grooming. And I don't think there's a class that teaches it, but I think predatory minds think this way. And they're very adept at breaking down the traditional barriers that exist between children and adults in society. They know when they have a vulnerable child, they know what to look for, what to ask, how to introduce the idea of a sexual liaison, and and it follows a pattern. And these guys are out there to do this, and they have a, a, a fantasy, and they want to fulfill it. And oftentimes, sadly, the fantasy involves an underage boy or
0: girl. Yeah. And a lot of times, I'm sure those kids that are victims of this, they don't have that parental, you know, watch over them. So it it's, makes them so vulnerable, like you said.
2: Well, also, I think sometimes kids are afraid to talk to their parents. Early on in these investigations, I interviewed a dozen middle schoolers and we had them on risers, you know, just like a, in, a, in an auditorium almost. Yeah, I what said, a good idea. Show of hands, how many of you have been approached by a grown-up online and it creeped you out? Everybody raise their hands. Show of hands, how many of you told your parents? They're looking down, they're kicking their feet, and one or two people raise their hands. And, and I said, why not? We are afraid they're going to take away our access to the internet. And it was a, an eye-opening moment for me because whether it's this or whether it's sextortion These cases we're seeing, and we've got a whole documentary on that in production right now, where these kids are tricked into sending sexually suggestive pictures of themselves, then blackmailed, uh, often by a con artist half a world away in Western Africa. Uh, These kids are afraid to come clean with their parents. And sometimes they, they go as far as committing suicide. And it's horrible and heartbreaking and tragic. And so parents, even good parents, sometimes don't say to their kid, look, this can happen. This is out there. And if you get tricked by it, if you get drawn into this, come talk to me about it. There's nothing we can't solve together. Graham is not going to see a picture of your junk on the internet. Nobody's going to care on Instagram or any of these things. And and you just have to demystify it, you know, and and let them have that conversation. And and I've sat with too many So parents good. in the course of doing this story, who, who's who's straight A students, athletes have taken their own lives because they're afraid of of, of people knowing that they were tricked. It's mm-hmm. horrible.
0: It is horrible. And you're right. And when you're young, you don't realize like years. Later. You can't see tomorrow. Right. Right. You can't, right. See, you can't see that. Um,
2: and everybody's everybody's. This is one important thing, though. Everybody. And that age group is so obsessed with their social media profile and they think that you know their world it, you know lives or dies by this and how they're perceived online and it's just at the end of the day it's just not that
0: important right you think all those things matter but then of course you know, as you know 10 years later right i mean th-
2: who cares three and minutes months later.
0: later exactly exactly later. people have says moved something on-, on twitter
2: we're all wound up uh, twitter every- is, it, is it twitter hates that twitter hates everything
0: and you're not you know? the only one who's it been over. duped to sending a nude photo or at any age you know um, before we talk about your your show, True Crime Nation on True Blue, um, you know, the, obviously Jared from Subway, right? They did a huge documentary, Discovery ID. Were you ever called before? Like, were you ever tipped off? I feel like you would have been the guy to get him. And I mean, what a sick fuck! Like, I mean this this dude. We all thought, like, were you? Did you ever get any heads up about that prior?
2: No, I did not uh, know about it prior. And and obviously, if I had, I would have you know, been all over the story from the get go, because it's, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, the typical predatory story. Here's a guy who had money and fame and exploited it to victimize young women and not just once, but twice. And then you get the involvement of child pornography, which, you know, every time one of those images is viewed as the victimization, the re-victimization of the child in the image. And yeah, it's, he's, a bad guy. And, and you know, there's a reason why, you know, he pleaded guilty because oh. he didn't want to go through the trial and face, you know, more exposure in terms of prison time. But that's, that's a, it's a horrifying case.
0: Horror. But, you know, do you ever recommend, you know, it, like all these people now are web sleuths online. You kind of referenced it earlier when we were talking. Everybody's a true crime investigator. I mean, do you recommend that people do that? Because that woman was like a fan of Jared and then becomes kind of involved with the FBI. I mean, per I have my own hot take on on a lot of people investigating, which I think right. for the most part they do more harm than good because you are actually a trained journalist who's worked with law enforcement for years. I mean, there's a huge difference. But, I don't know. You're guess, in it. What do you I think?
2: I ask all the time about, you know, the some of the vigilante groups that are out there going after sexual predators online. And, and I can tell you this. Um, law enforcement doesn't like it. Typically, prosecutors won't take the cases. Um, the ulterior motives are, are not always, you know, clear. Um, some of these people out there are, are looking for clicks and, you know, they brag about how many views they've had and they, they go out to embarrass a guy. But if you embarrass a guy, look, you know, some bad predators have been exposed by some of these vigilante groups, no question. But the methodology, the way they do it, the tone, the tenor, sometimes it can create more danger than it removes from society. And and. Yeah. At some point, there's going to be a, 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 a confrontation that people are going to regret, and it's going to be because they they had the, the wrong motives here.
0: What can people do, though, if they love investigating? Because, I mean, true crime really in the past decade, and I mean, thanks to you, I mean, you kind of kicked it off this sort of, in a, in a good way of actually outing things that need to happen in society. but like if somebody loves investigating online, what do you recommend? I mean, are, are you hiring? What can, what can
2: we do? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll come work at True Blue with yeah, me. Right. But um, There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I think, you know, if, if you are aware of something, I mean, it sounds somewhat trite to say, you know, contact your local law enforcement, but that's really what you should do. Contact your local investigative reporter. Contact law enforcement. I mean, you got to let people know what's going on. You can't take matters into your own hands. Now, if you're curious about something and you're doing digging and research, fine, you should do that. But at some point, if there is a crime, if there is a predator out there, law enforcement needs to handle it because that's the only way justice will be served. And that's that's the way the system works.
0: Talk to us about your show on True Blue True Crime Nation. What what are you? Yeah.
2: We have True Crime Nation, which is a a crime news magazine, which we're kicking off. And then we have Takedown, which is the new predator investigative series that we have on uh, on True Blue. And that now we have, I think, 36 new episodes, brand new episodes, uh, predator episodes of Takedown and many more in the works and in editing. And, And then True Crime Nation will be the news magazine where we do any number of, you know, breaking crime stories or you know sometimes we take a story that's made headlines and go behind the scenes with the characters this afternoon i've got an interview with a a guy who prevented a mass shooting at a club in tampa and these these stories behind the stories i find personally fascinating and, and so we have a lot of that and and a lot of investigative and enterprise reporting as well and you know the the Network True Blue has a lot of other content on it as well. We have films and documentaries related to crime. We have a couple of feature things related to law enforcement and and and, and work there. And so it's a, it's it's really a great opportunity for people to sample a lot of different work and you know a lot of my work, the latest work is all going to be on True Blue.
0: What do you enjoy the most? I mean, you're a TikTok star now. I mean, you're a Cameo star. I mean, you know, you. you're, you're did you ever think 20 years ago you'd be sending personalized messages to your fans? Well, you know,
2: for, here's the funny thing about Cameo. 80, 80 bucks, cameo. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Cameo has turned out to be, and I know some people make fun of it, but it's turned out to be one of the most sincere talent-fan connections for me that you could ever expect. And it's, it's, I derive story ideas from it. I am able to show a a humorous side of me that I don't often get to show in my work. I rather enjoy that. And, and I don't, you know, charge a lot for it. I do it because it's, it's, it's good engagement with people who have followed me for many, many years and and I I enjoy it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. TikTok, Yeah. Who knew that, you know, a 63 year old guy could have, you know, 200,000 followers and some videos that have six and a half million views. But there is a relationship between the popularity there and people saying, oh, his work is on True Blue. And so it's important. I mean, Twitter, I've been on since 2007 because, you know, the predator investigations early on were You know, so closely tied, obviously, to the internet that you know I had a presence very early on on a lot of these social media platforms. Instagram, obviously, is very important to connect with people and let folks know when your when your projects are coming out. So it's 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 busy. It seems like you can spend a lot of your day just feeding the gaping maw that is social media. You know, not before you even get to your real job, which is creating the content that you're putting out on your network, you know, but it's all it's all part of the equation and it's most days it works out pretty well.
0: <laughs> um, I have like two last questions for you. Are we yep. getting a Chris Hansen memoir, then documentary on True Blue? I mean, you you've had a great you've had a really eclectic interesting life. And I mean, to be honest, I don't think networks are ever going to make stars again like they did with you and many of the talent at NBC or Fox. I mean, you know, Tucker's gone. I mean, I just don't think that they're in the business of making stars anymore. And are we getting a memoir from you? I want to hear more about your life. <laughs> I will. I will at.
2: probably write something. I wrote a book on the predator experience. You know, uh, I suppose uh, back in 2007, and uh, it was a lot of work writing a book. As it turns out, get a ghostwriter.
0: I want all the. TV even though it's
2: based on, yeah, no, I. I that, that's in the works. I mean, I've been approached a number of times to do it, and 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 honestly, it's it's a matter of being disciplined and sitting down and doing it. So it's. You know, the, the yes. work that you want.
0: To we want the stories. How upset? I mean Matt Lauer and Katie Kirk must have stopped speaking with you. I mean, you were the star at NBC. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I work in a newsroom. They're very jealous. I mean, who cut you off and stopped speaking to you at NBC when you were huge? Oh, no, I have I
2: have nothing but uh but fond uh, relationships with people at NBC news and, and they're still among my best friends. And so there, there was no animosity there. It, it was just, I had a lot of other opportunities. Uh, you know, that show is going in a different direction. It was very amicable. And, and you know, I still have a relationship with, with NBC Comcast, you know, properties and with oxygen and, and it's all, it's all very good there. And I've stayed in contact with most people and, and run into them, you know time to time socially or whatever
0: and
2: not one bad feeling whatsoever
0: oh my god good well i mean look you i'm sure you have so many amazing stories behind the scenes and i mean i i have to ask did you and theo I vaughn remember. I, oh, you remember. did you and theo vaughn right ever work it out theo vaughn said you know because you, sometimes vaughn, you become. It's,
2: it's no it's 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 a, it's a long story but it's it's he and i are just fine there was a there was a misunderstanding over a hotel bill and i I said, look, I said, and he was joking around about it. And I said, well, let me, let me send it to you. He said, no, 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 man, we're cool. And then he brought it up again. I said, look, if you're going to bring it up, you got to give me your Zelle. It's 700 bucks, buddy. I'll pay it. I've got a whole text. I've got the transcripts on it. But, well, you know, I think he likes uh, having fun with it. And But there's no, there's no beef there for sure.
0: Chris, look, I seriously, I admire you so much. I just I think you've done a terrific job. You've done a huge service to people. You're entertaining. I mean, you your reality show you too. I really want to take you for coffee in Michigan because I feel like you are just filled with stories. And I mean, Chris, I don't know. I love it. I love it. You're terrific. All
2: right, Sarah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank
0: you so much. People can find True. Well, first of all, um, Predators I Caught is the terrific podcast that you have out that's like top podcast, by the way. Book him on Cameo. Your TikTok's amazing. True Blue Network is where we can find your show, True Crime Nation with Chris Hansen. You can follow you across all social media. As anything else, Chris. This was such an honor.
2: I think he covered it. I appreciate it. So watch TrueBlue.com, T-R-U-B-L-U, and get all the details right there.
0: Chris, have a great week. Thank you so much. Jared,
2: thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks.